and welcome to the What The Folk Sunderland Review Show live from Tuscany, at least for one of us. Um, the lads got back to winning ways on Friday night as we smashed Chef Wed within the first half an hour to win 3-0. A uh, bit of a damn squib that second half, but it was easy, it was fun. And we have two lads here who are going to have a lovely chat with me about it. But uh, first and foremost, Ross Black, how are you? Are you okay? I'm brilliant, thank you very much, Graham. In uh, the not-so-sunny weathers of England, I'm sure you'll be sunning it up over there. Uh, living the dream. No comment. Um, Dave, <laughs> how are you feeling? You all right? Yeah, very much the same, mate. Very good. Always nice after a victory, isn't it? And uh, hello, we're not too pessimistic nowadays. And I tell you what, the uh, the world's just starting to just starting to notice that Sunderland play very, very attractive football. Um, I kind of don't want them to notice too much because. We quite like to keep our players in the squad if we could, but let's see. Let's put it this way: seven million for Jack Clark is not going to cut the mustard, is it? It wasn't even by his boots at the minute. To be fair, um, Ross, it was an easy win. Like we were good, they were awful, but um, a win's a win's a win, and it was a kind of game where someone would it would probably be banana skinned and would give Chef Wed the first three points of the season and, and seasons past, but um it's a different something. But how are you feeling the, the morning after? Yeah, delighted really. Um with all the stuff coming out from Sheffield Wednesday yesterday, I was like, this is either gonna go one way or the other, we're gonna batter them, or they're gonna be so galvanized and they'll probably just nick a point or, or nick even the worst thing, nick a one nil or something like that. But we just took control from the first minute. Um and we weren't bothered about the boisterous atmosphere at the first six minutes and that early goal just it just brings out all the negativity from their stands and we just get our confidence back like back to normal after Cardiff. Goals there. I see a second half was a non entity, but we managed to bring players off and rest players and get players minutes. It was overall a weird day goes. Praying a little at half time, rest players before midweek game. No injuries to my knowledge, it's it's a perfect night really. Yeah, honestly, couldn't complain. Um, it was a weird experience for me because it's the first time I've watched a match on a plane. Um, but my plane had Wi-Fi, so I had like this horrendous Wi-Fi. And it got a particularly bad second half. So I was delighted that uh, we played really well first half and then particularly in the first sort of eight minutes. But uh, Dave, we were happy last week. Like, although we got beat and it was a pain in the, the ball sack, but like... I think yesterday showed just showed you everything that's something they're about with the minute. I know Chef Weather absolutely awful, but like watching a team that is quite obviously in disarray, just being completely unable to cope with something when in times past we would probably be the team that would be like, all right, roll over, have your first win of the season. It just showed you how much of a different beast this team is. We're we're, we're quite ruthless at points, aren't we, Dave? Yeah, very much. Um on top of on top of the the clear promise that you've got of some players. You've also got some very, very, very good quality players in there. Uh, I don't think Patrick Roberts had the greatest game of his life. He's, I think he's still trying a bit too hard to impress. But then you see the class of that touch from the right-hand side and then the little chop back inside. And you're just like, wow, what a footballer. Um, Job turned up in a different position yesterday. Very good. Pritchard was outstanding. You could go through them all. But one thing that is very clear to me, and I think maybe one of the commentators alluded to it yesterday, the, the gulf in class between divisions is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you, you see the three teams in the Premier League that got promoted last year. 
it's absolutely massive. Um, granted, Ipswich, uh, Ipswich have settled in well, but it just proves what we'd said a good few seasons ago. If you don't get the right players in and play the right style of football in anticipation of getting promoted and not just trying to, to do it on a one-season wonder, you fall flat on your face. Chef Weds are in for an absolutely brutal season. Um, even the world's greatest footballer, Barry Bannon. I mean, he was injured last night, but I don't think he's going to make much of a difference. Uh, it tells you everything, doesn't it? When It's not Chef Wed pod, so I apologise. But when the likes of Windass and Bannon are... You're saying that you're, you're struggling because you haven't got them too. I wouldn't have said they're the best championship footballers in the world. So, long season for them. But you're right. Um, it was a, it, It's a new Sunderland. It, it, we're probably not now. We're two years into it. But where it's it's this whole new ethos where games like that last night, the fact that you need to bounce back from the fact we got beat, it's brilliant. We've been seeing it for a couple of years now. They bounce back all the time. The spirit is brilliant. You saw the way that uh, Luke O'Nine and Jack Clark had a bit of crack with the Sky cameras. It's absolutely fantastic. Love it. Roll on next week. Can't wait already. Couldn't stop laughing at Jack Clark's interview where, like, um, I can't remember who the the commentator was, and it was Mickey Gray, and they were, like, telling him everything he'd done in the game. And, like, what a night it's been for you. And he went, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you did score two goals, Jack. And he was like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, the defense played well. And it was just like, it was just spot on. Like, I mean, I think the book's an absolute magician. Um, but I think it does, you know, like it shows you how good that was. And I mean, Ipswich could do it again this season as well. They've, they've started really well, but like they've got to keep it up the whole season. Shows you how well we did last season to, to achieve what we did. But I think there's been a bit of chat about it. And it's a different podcast entirely, but about um, Alex Neal and you know, I want to stand behind the opinion that I had that I thought Alex Neil Gunn was an absolute disaster. Um, I thought we needed experience in the team. I kind of backed what his thought process was behind it. And the more I watched something, we're over a year on now from him gone. And I just think like, you know, like sliding doors moments. Alex Neil would have never went um, if Stoke didn't come in. And that moment that Tony Mowbray's come in and like got these players, it's almost like a marriage made in heaven. It just feels... It just feels brilliant, like these young boys being guided by a really likable granddad-like character that obviously knows his football. Um, is the best marriage we've had. You know, Brad, uh, Brad said the other week, best thing that's happened to Sunderland since Peter Reid, and I really wanted to disagree with him, and I'm struggling. I'm like, I really, I'm struggling to do that. Um, but Ross, I, you know. Brad's on a bit late because I forgot to send him the link. Uh, it's not his fault, so I will send him the link. But whilst I'm sending him said link, Ross, can you uh, give me your standout plays if you if you possibly can? Um, I know it's easy to say Jack Clark, you know, he scored the goals and everything, but I'm going to go a bit rogue. Uh, I thought Mason Burstow had his best game in a Southern shirt last night. He was very good. He was influential. The ball over to Clark for his, his first was tremendous. To pinpoint that, and then the turn for, to win the penalty was was outstanding. He done this centre back like an absolute kick, kipper. Um, he made some good runs in behind second half where he was waiting for the ball to be played in, and I think that when Mowbray alluded to his frustration about going for the jugular, that was it. So 
we maybe played the safe pass second half just to keep possession because we didn't want to risk losing the ball and then potentially losing control. But off the ball, I thought Bursto had his best game in a Sunderland shirt. And I think if he just needs that goal, Bursto, because like you say, yesterday was his best game. He managed to, uh, like you say, get be pop- the, the ball clock was outstanding. And the penalty, the move for the penalty was, was just unbelievable. The defender didn't know what to do. And uh, and I'm guessing performances like that have made Brad very hungover as Brad arrives. I feel really bad because like, I would normally blame Brad for being late, but it's 100% my fault. I forgot to send the link. But what I would say is that um, I have done some good things by making sure that we only do this on uh, an audio medium as opposed to visual because the site that we're all seeing right now is not something that I'd wish on my worst enemy. Brad, uh, what an intimate mate. How are you doing? You all right? <laughs> good morning. <laughs> um yeah very good very good very good night it was um just what a performance especially first half loved it i just uh, you just knew like we said i think we were talking about weren't we if we get an early goal there's going to be no stopping us and really after that after i mean second half i don't know if you've mentioned already it just felt like a training game you knew Chef Wed weren't going to come back at us and just give us the opportunity to get minutes into some of the lads and not take risks with some of the other lads who played maybe near, near enough every minute. Just get them off, rest them and go again uh, midweek. Dave uh, pointed out a few players before you pointed out a few players before Ross picked out Burstow. It's becoming like a regular thing where you're going like, well, who was your best player? Uh, who who was the standout? And we're all kind of disagreeing or we're all agreeing and then chucking somebody else in because nine times out of ten, like 11 of the players on the pitch have, have been all really excellent, bar maybe one or two people. Um, I thought Pritch was great again last night. Burstow was excellent. I thought he had a really good game. But who stood out for you last night, Dave? Yeah, you, you can probably go 1 or 11, can't you? Um, Pato made a, made a great save in the second half with nothing to do and nothing riding on it. Um, so, and it, I thought his distribution was pretty good the times that he had it. Not, not much, you can only play on percentages. Um, I thought, uh, I, I thought Luke 09 was excellent. I, I think the, what a turnaround for me. Exactly the same as the rest of us. We don't mind being wrong. Um, and and I was probably that guy four years ago who was saying that I love Luke's smile, but he's technically not that sound. I genuinely think he's as technically sound as they come now. Both feet, in possession, out of possession. I love him. I absolutely love him. Andy's smile. Love it all. Um, Andy saves dogs. What a man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't find anyone. I thought Dan Neal was very mature without being too flashy. I, I, honestly, I, I just can't find... What's the matter with me? I can't find a problem with anyone at the minute. Um, yeah, love it. <laughs> what what boring podcast. Definitely doesn't have enough energy the day, like, let's be honest. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think, you know, you said 1-11. to It could be there as well, Dave. But like um, Ashish, or French Dave, as we've been calling him, um, he looked a different gravy when he came on again. And like, you're talking about 1-11, to but now it's even the subs are coming on and you're going, ah, like, 
Abdullah, I think, was quite unlucky to be dropped. You, look, you've got to get Roberts back in there. I, I know some people disagree, but for me, Roberts has got to be in your starting eleven. Um, but bars like I, we said, this bar even a winger? Has he got a position? And within three games, we're like, well, yeah, he's a winger. But you could also put him in the ten. You could put him in the midfield. I don't think I'd have too many problems with it. Um, but there's one man at the minute, Ross. That's just absolutely unbelievable. Um, he's slowly gone up that kind of ranking of favourites on them players ever. Jack Clark. I mean, I don't even know what I'm trying to ask you here, Ross, but what can you say about him? Uh, he's men, isn't he? He's just an old school winger who scores goals. He's a great penalty taker as well, which we've realised, which is nice. Um, he's got, I'm sure he's scored every penalty he's took with someone, so nice little division race. And he's he's the best player in the league, in my opinion, on current form. And you look at the money being banded around. And I'm not trying to sell him, but like it, it is relatable when it comes to the interest he's inevitably going to get from teams like Palace, who will link Brentford. If players like Nathan Teller's going for 25 million, then he's worth 25, 30 million. I don't care. He's doing everything that Nathan Teller was doing last season, cutting inside, scoring goals, being the talisman in a team that's going to hopefully fight for promotion or playoff, you know, either way. To me, he, he he's outstanding. He's always had this potential, Clark. And he was he was great in parts last season, but he even said in his interview with Sky after, he maybe didn't score enough goals. If he adds goals to his game with the assists that he already does and the impact he makes on the pitch, because teams are now terrified of him. You've seen Card- Cardiff. We should have won. We had chances. They did a job on us, but they they had to take three players over to that side just to stop him. If Roberts is on his game, Pritchard's on his game, Achichi's on his game, Burstow's on his game, it's going to free up so much space for them because you've got Clark just on the side. They're going to have to put like three players on to stop him. He's that good at this level in the current form and to have, I don't know what it is with Sun and Wingers, but when when they're on the game, there's just there's nothing better than seeing them run at defenders and seeing genuinely like decent players shit themselves when he comes at them. Achichi, <laughs> that was a great great pronunciation. Um, I was calling Achuchichi the other week, so I feel bad for him, man. That's why I call him French Dave. Um, but you you're right with Clark. I mean, he's just. He's completely unplayable at the moment. And there's just nothing that teams can seem to do. And I know Cardiff will say, oh, well, yada, yada, yada. But like he got past them a few times as well, even when they had two or three people on. And if you've got someone that could finish their dinner last week, he's probably got two assists in his locker there. Um, He's just... I can't even begin to put enough praise on him. And I feel like I'm just saying things that everyone else has said, but I kind of agree on current form. He's the best player in the league. Like by an absolute long shot. And I think they were saying on the commentary yesterday, oh, you can't give Jack Clark that much space. And I, you can't, but it's all about the ball, the ball from Burstow and his ability to find the space. Then it's not just his ability to find the space, it's the fact that he skips through three or four players. And that's the second time in three games we've seen him skip past two or three players and set them down, basically, and then stick in the bottom corner. Did the same against Blackburn. Sometimes at this level, you just can't stop stuff like that. And I think it's not about Sheffield being crap or not having enough space because Clarkie's done that with a really good side in Blackburn the other week and just sat them down just because he fancied it. Um, I don't want to sell him either. I'd be, I'd be so sad if we sold him, but 
you know, in the modern day world, there'll be people interested in them. Um, it's 70 million or something you get if you go to the Premier League in it. So 70 million, please, Burnley. Um, that's what I'm holding out for. But um, Brad, you were the one of us that was actually there last night um, and not watching the game on Wi-Fi on the plane. Just talk me through watching Jack Clark last night again, because I, I don't want to stop speaking about him. That's kind of what, I'm, that's, to be honest, I don't want to stop speaking about Jack Clark. So let's just speak about him. Yeah, mate, I think you've just summed them up, really. Um, you, you can't really say many more positives about him. He's just that good. And now you say, like, teams know what he's going to do. Everyone knows what he's going to do, but you just can't stop it. He's, he's just too good. Um, and I keep forgetting as well, he's 22 years old. Like... At this age of the ones where like they're going through that stage of getting better and better before they hit the peak. So if, if he's not even at his peak yet, it's it's frightening how high the ceiling is for him. Um I mean the finish was unbelievable, wasn't it? Like yeah. <laughs> it was it's just great watching him. Because even when things don't come off for him, when we've said it before, the, the prime example was Middlesbrough away last season. And I'll always go back to that. It was probably his worst game for us. But he was probably the only player on the pitch willing to get back on the ball and try again and try again. And if the first you don't succeed, keep going. And he's a prime example of it. He's he's just outstanding, mate. And is he top scorer in the league now? I think, uh, yeah. I think, I think so. Nice. Yeah. Similar. So he's been top scorer in the league and he's a winger. Realistically, he's a winger, not an hour. It's, it's funny you have said about like Burstow that was his best game for us last night by a mile but we laughed at Speakman last season when he said we don't really play with a number nine it shows that we're more than capable of scoring goals when we don't need a number nine at times because the goals are coming from all over the place when you've got players like Jack Clark one side and Patrick Roberts at the other side who I, I think needs to start getting goals to his game this season and uh, we, we could be unstoppable and if one of these strikers now step up and start banging a couple in, it, there's no reason we can't push for the top two, in my opinion. And like you say, we, I think it makes this season more important that we do aim to get promoted because there's not a chance on this earth Jack Clark stays with us next season if we're in the championship. And as much as it'll break my heart, he doesn't deserve to be in the championship next season. And no one can blame him if someone comes in He's a Premier League club and he wants to leave to go and try himself in the Premier League. You, you, you can't blame him. He's done two, he'll have done two years in the Championship with us and his numbers already are going to be unbelievable this season. They were last season. So let's just hope that he's in the Premier League next season with Sunderland because he, he's easily a Premier League footballer right now. Yeah, I, I've got to agree. I think he is as well. And it's funny you touched on Speakman there before and I think you could probably go back to numerous podcasts with us and other podcasts and stuff and find rights and wrongs. And someone was talking about it on Ready to Go the other day that we were very vocally wanted Alex Neal to uh, um, have charge of the transfers. 100%, like, absolutely agree. But um, I really pride ourselves on our ability to, like, be flexible in our opinions and, like, not just stick our heels in and, and, and stick to our guns and say, well, I was right, I was right, I was right, and wait for a result to prove us right, like, 
that that's I don't think that's what we as a podcast are really about. Um I personally think that I was not a big fan of speaking on the model, and I've been proven completely and utterly wrong. Um because I thought Ross Stewart going would be a disaster because I thought, well, we need a striker. And you've touched on it there. He said we don't really play with number nine, and a few people criticized him, me included, heavily. And I'm not going to shy away from that. And I'm really, really pleased to say that Christian Speakman knows a lot more about football than me. But let's be honest, in the past, I would say I've got more football now than some of the people in his position previously. But I'm very, very pleased to say <laughs> that Christian Speakman is not the funny and people like that. And um I think it's about time I give him a massive amount of credit and the whole recruitment team because they're getting it right at the minute. Um, I'm absolutely loving being a Sunderland fan. I think it's been great. But um, look, we wouldn't normally do this, Ross, but I kind of want to because I think, you know, if you're a football fan, you can sort of understand it, especially if you're a Sunderland fan in the years we've had in the past. But as good as it was for us last night, I've got to be honest and say, I kind of feel a bit sorry for Chef Wed. Like, and I think as a football fan, I don't want to just completely gloss over it because they're getting shit on from a massive height. Still think we would have beaten them if they had a great chairman and that, don't get me wrong. But that statement on match day and things like that, look, it's not a chef wed pod, as Dave said before, but I don't like to see good old famous clubs get absolutely taken to the wall. It's the great it is to see something where we are at the minute. We can identify with what's happening at the minute at chef wed, can't we, Ross? Yeah, let's be honest, that chancer is an absolute shyster, isn't he? He's an absolute chancer by the looks of it. He's um I think it's a nice word for him, Ross, to be honest. I it's like he took all the plaudits and all that when it was going well. what I found madness as well is he's got his name on the on the seats. You've seen that before, like that's full on like ego with that and uh, putting your name on the seats when you take over a club. That should have been red flag straight away, but I think when Darren Moore left, we said at the start of the season, didn't we? That it was a shambles the way he left and there'd be a mess. Um, to, on the pitch, that was just like watching Simon Grace and Sunderland. Absolutely honk. And they even had Ashley Fletcher come off the bench. I was like, fuck me, deja vu. Um, yeah, they they were they were honking. But they've also had... They've also drew against Leeds this season, which makes you feel like so glad that we just turned up and did a job because the, you get teams like a little when we were shite and we went to Derby and beat them 4 1. Like you get performances where you turn up and you think, you know, what I mean, oh, we're just going to ball it. You can get turned over. But yeah, they're an absolute mess. And it's not just Sheffield Wednesday. There's so many clubs you hear about at the minute. Like in non league, you've got South End, Scunthorpe. Um, I'm sure Morecambe are having a few issues as well. Like there's so many chances now just getting the hands on the football clubs when they've got no intention of doing it unless they get some back out of it. And unfortunately, the way the football landscape is in a minute, it's not going to happen. And I know, like, obviously, everyone's been a bit harsh. I think at times on Dreyfus, off the pitch, yeah, we do need to make improvements. But fucking hell, it could be a hell of a lot worse, couldn't it? And they've done a really good job it on the pitch. That's it, what it just really, like... So, and, and that's why I did my little bloody impassioned speech about being wrong <laughs> before, is that, like, I think we've been so used to, like, what Chef Wed are going through now, not just once, but, like, two or three times. I mean, in my lifetime, I even remember 
um, protest against Bob Murray. Do you know what I mean? And he was like one of the the decent ones in in hindsight. But even he made mistakes at points back in the Walker Park days. But you know his legacy's good. Loved his interview this week um, about them lot up the road. I thought that was good. Um, and then I think you know in the same breath, like your football club is like is the fabric of a community and stuff like that. And it's all about your heart and your soul and like Sunderland feel like it's Sunderland. Um, it really feels like Sunderland at the minute. And I think you sometimes almost expected to go absolutely tits up because of what's happened previously. There's been times when you've gone, oh, hang on, is this, have we got it back? And then something just happens. But I've noticed for like over a year and a half now, everything that I've not wanted to happen or most of the things I wanted to not happen. I don't want Ross Stewart to get sold. I really didn't want Alex Neal to go. I thought we needed more experience. I thought we'd duff the playoffs. All our centre-halves got injured. All of our strikers got injured. The squad's too young. All these things I probably said and thought, and it's been proven right by, by Speakman and the recruitment team and, and Dreyfus. And when you see the mess that Chef Wed are, and other clubs, you mentioned Scunthorpe there, they're going through a hell of a thing at the moment where fans are getting banned and all sorts. You just realise how healthy a place our club is in. Nothing's ever perfect, but bloody hell. It's, it's really, really good, both... On the pitch, off the pitch recruitment, yeah, we could maybe get a few more shirts in the buy, but I'm really, really happy. I'm just delighted with the way Sunderland are playing at the moment and the way that Sunderland are. Um, I mean, Brad's just, uh, sorry, Ross has just popped a point in the the group chat there. There was a point when we were playing and getting beat off Scunthorpe in the Papa John's Trophy a couple of years ago, and they could be bust next week. I hope they're not from a Scunthorpe uh, perspective, but it shows you how far we've come. And I think it's probably fair of me to say, you know, well done, Speakman and the recruitment team and, and everyone that's getting us where we are at the moment. Dave, um, away from my impassioned speeches, um, it must be the wonderful scenery I'm seeing at the moment that's making me feel ever so uh, wonderful. But um, one player we haven't touched on yet, and he's quietly become really good in the past couple of weeks. And finally, he's getting a run in the team after a horrendous time with injuries. I thought Huggins was excellent yesterday. Um, how important could Huggins be in terms of like adding to the squad? Because I think arguably when we first saw him, we thought he could be there or thereabouts, a, a good championship player, and he's, he certainly locks it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when we I think when we went out and, and got him, uh, the, the remit was he's technically very sound, <clears throat> hasn't played much first-team football. However, his versatility can become invaluable. Um, and yeah, I, he's doing a job at left back at the minute, but I can see him in a in a variety of positions. And I, it's clever recruitment again, isn't it? But last night I thought it was very, very good. Uh equally inept on sorry, inept. That's a complete not a negative word and didn't mean to say that. Um, <laughs> you said you wanted no editing, but I had to add it in. I'm going to have to um, edit this because I've had too many impassioned speeches. I'll probably need to edit some of it out. <laughs> He's, um, yeah, he looked very good at driving down the line, but he also came back inside very well. I think the whole team's just fluid, um, and he fits into that very, very well. One thing I will say, and it's it, just because I haven't mentioned him for a few weeks and he's gone and whatever. I tell you what, a fit Ross Stewart in that starting eleven is absolutely phenomenal. By the way, the the work that he does off the ball, I've just got to see it. Like, Dave, he has to be fit. He's injured. Can, can you stop talking Dave. about? 
Can you stop talking about Ross Stewart? Because then I get all the blame on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you're like an ex who just won't let go. Just let that it go. Man, I can't. I, I You've can't. got to let it go. Even I've let it go of it now. Dave, Dave. The newest Stewart is an 18-year-old from Chelsea, mate, and he's called Mason, and he's better than Ross. Read. I cannot, I cannot wait till he gets his first goal. You can see it in his eyes. There was a couple of close-ups last night, and I'm like, bless you. Just get that goal. Just, just get that goal and get yourself on a run. But yeah, the future. You can see right. it, and he's, you can see it in his eyes. <laughs> you can, man. On, I am. You can see I'm, it in I'm, his I'm, eyes. I'm the emotional one of the podcast. You know what I mean? I, I just want the lads to do well. And I love Roscoe. <laughs> I see you. I've got visions of Mason Burstow doing that thing off Little Britain. Look into my eyes. The eyes. The eyes. Don't look around me. Don't look around me. <laughs> this podcast went like the game. We were brilliant at the start. Second half has just turned into a bit of a fucking bit of a laugh on it, you know? We just we've we've done all the serious stuff. We've got the win. Now it's just like let's let's just let's just fuck about for a bit. Insight <laughs> insight into the pod this week is a case of me saying, right, lads, I'm in Tuscany. I've got to get an eleven o'clock bus to Florence for this work thing. So please hurry up so I don't have to do any editing. I've got twenty seven minutes to edit this. It's not happening. And then on top of that, we've had Brad getting the blame for Dave's opinion on ready to go to the other week. Um, and uh, being told we don't have enough energy. So uh, thanks, everyone, for joining. We're finishing the podcast at this point. No, we're not. Uh, we'll keep going, even if you all hate us. Um, quick one, Brad. I must admit, a- just, sorry, oh, just, uh, just to cut you off. In terms, of, uh, in terms of lack of energy, I can understand that comment when you go after a 3-0 win away from home on a Friday night and you go, Ross, how are you doing? I, mate, I'm absolutely brilliant. <laughs> give us some of Ross, man. Just come on. Give us some of Never too high, never too low. <laughs> Always in the middle. I, I am Mowbray's dream, just nice and chilled. Brad, you came on late, obviously, so I'm going to fire this one to you. Um, but two home games coming up. Normally you'd be excited by that, but I think, look, we, we've talked about the home form. We know it could be better. I think we know why it's not better because I think teams sort of set up to just sit back and sometimes they'll shit out a goal a little bit like Cardiff did last week. When you look at the Watford game last year, I know like it felt euphoric at the time because of how we scored and then we obviously got the playoffs and stuff like that. But I feel like Watford did that last year, like two corners to scored from. I think Portie's got the first one. I can't remember who got the second one and we had to kind of rescue it late. I think the fact that we're playing Borough and Borough need results means Borough might come at us. So that makes it a bit of a an easier game based on the fact that we might be able to open them up a bit. But I think if we're serious about going up the season and automatically and serious about improving the, the home form, you've got to see the next two games as at least four points, Brad. Just before you said that, I was going to come on and say four points will be all right from them, to be honest. Target six. Um, I mean, like you say, Watford last season, they did come, sat, sat deep and then got two goals and we had to fight back. Um, but they've got another manager, surprise, surprise, since then. So, and I think they do play more attacking football from what I've seen. So don't be surprised if they come to us, try and do what Southampton did and we expose them. Um, like I was saying to people last night, if we score early or we score first in the game, I can't see us losing many games this season or even dropping points because teams know they have to come and try and get a goal. 
and it just leaves them open for our attacking players to do their thing. And with Boa, however way you want to look at it, if you say it's a derby or not, it is a derby. In their eyes, it definitely is a derby because no one wants to claim them, so they try and claim anything. Um, their fans, character Geordie, none of that. They won't come and just pat want to park the bus and just turn it into a boring game and try and nick a goal. They'll come and try and play football, and that'll suit us down to a T. So. Don't be surprised if we go and get six points and make it look very, very, very easy. But on the flip side, anything can happen in derbies. And if they do come and they do change their game plan to sit in, they've seen how Cardiff's done it and it worked. It might be a bit more difficult to break them down, but hey, we've seen Rusin come on last night. If we need to change a game by putting a ball over the top and someone with legs to run onto it, he, he could be that man because he, he is rapid. He is so... I think I, I, I do genuinely believe we, we will comfortably win the next two. But I'll be over the moon with four points because it just keeps this, and we spoke about it the other week, momentum going. Because I think, is that five wins in six now? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, we're, picking up a bit, a bit of, uh, we're picking up a bit of pace. And I'm liking that we're not now saying, oh, if we win this one and this one, we can catch so-and-so. We're just doing it at our own pace now. And there's teams that are below us that need to catch us. Look, Preston are going to drop off at some point. Ipswich are a bit of an unknown because their first season in the championship. They're going to hit a sticky spell at some point. Leicester, I, I do think they're, they're pretty much they're, uh, this early on. I think they're gone. I think Leicester will, will want the league. And by Christmas, that'll be done, really. But there's no reason we can't go and finish second. And if we're picking up points at home, if we can correct the home form by having a different way to play, and I think with these players that we've just brought in and with a bit more experience that the lads are getting week in, week out, we will be able to find a way to, to break these teams down. That's sitting a low block. It's the, the ceiling's so high for a lot of our players and where they can take us this season. So, I mean, if you look at it this time last year, we'd, we'd be saying, man, we, we'll probably get a draw. Maybe he's a win. I'm so confident that we will get a win because I just can't see if we get a goal first in the game or early doors, I can't see teams coming back into the game against us because we are just playing with that much confidence, that much fluidity. It's, it's fantastic. and I think teams are terrified of us. The teams are starting to be thinking, oh shit, well, how are we going to stop them? And the only way to do it is by not playing football against us. And if they go and do that and then they still get beat anyway, their fans aren't going to be best pleased. We've said it in the past, if we go and play football, we do, I think Arsenal was a prime example. Let's just go and play our game against Arsenal. If we get beat, we get beat. And we came away 5-1, got beat 5-1, we were so proud of doing it. And I, I was happier doing that than if we went there and just sat behind the ball and they just beat, they, they steamrolled us anywhere. So there's a way, there's different ways to look at it. Um, I mean, I'm not saying we are Arsenal, but yeah, I'm hungover, I'm rambling on. Ross has got a good hairline. This is a great weekend. I think um, I agree with all that and I think it's the best way to put it. I just think we've things are in a good place and the pod's not been in a good place today but nonetheless it's fine thanks for joining uh dave ross hungover brad appreciate you joining lads and thanks everyone for listening cheers mate have a good one
Pleasure. Goodbye.